Ladies, the Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, A.L. Aaron Lloyd. I'm joined by the one and literally only X2 Fly Eric Trembicki tonight. So, the first ever Best Friends episode is a thing. Nah, well, you know, similar to the Best Friends down in Jacksonville, we like to remix it. I brought my own personal Orange Cassidy to the mix. Good oh, the my God. The oh, my God. That whole so, time. No one, no one of you could hear me. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> l- ladies and gentlemen, wait, hold on. I got to introduce Richie properly. Ladies and gentlemen, from New Jersey. Oh, God. The one, la- la- ladies. He has tender, and he pays for the premium. Mr. Richie fucking oh, Edge. <laughs> you buried me already. Jeez. Howie, Richie, how are you? I'm glad to see you. That really popped me. It was your day off, and you didn't even invite me to Delaware. Do you really, Who wants to come to Delaware? Me? I might be moving there. I, we, we go through this like every week with you. But anyway. <laughs> All right, so we're here to talk about AEW Revolution, and and, and preview what's going on in Philadelphia this weekend, which I don't really care at all about after running through my notes. Once again, Pash is out with load management like he's a real NBA player. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who? Ronald, Ronald J. Pashry. Is, is it a J? Yeah, you better say junior because I only recognize senior. Yeah, yeah Ronald Pashry Jr. is once again out with load management like he's a real NBA player. Uh, Prep, we all, y'all know his MO. He's probably asleep. And Joey, we miss you, buddy. We hope everything is great with your wife and your son. So, if you guys have CK Dad Life hashtag, I got one for you, babe. Yeah. So, without further ado, if you haven't been with us before, we'll play for you our rating system. The following podcast has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show. It gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slobber knocker. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings. It will get a showstopper. Alright guys, so AW Revolution, you guys know how it goes. Uh Jobber Slobber like a showstopper. I'm gonna start with Richie since he's the guest and Richie always has interesting things to say. I'm gonna start with Richie. Richie, what do you think about AW Revolution? Slobber knockers in slobber knockers it's, it's in the middle. middle, right? Yes. Yeah, it is a it was a slobber knocker. Bor- like somewhere between a slobber knocker and a showstopper. Okay, so we'll just we'll call it a high slobber knocker for you. Yeah, yeah, high slobber knocker. Okay, what alright, so give me like your match of the night. Uh, anything that stood out. The match of the night had to be the tag match. So, uh, what stood out? Oh, the, you can't forget the Orange Cassidy match. Definitely. That that was good. Yeah. How ironic. He points out Orange Cassidy, the Orange Cassidy of the night. I, I love, love Orange it. Cassidy. Uh, yeah, it was. It had to be the tag match. It was the best match of the night. Obviously, the women's match was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, nothing against them, but it was the worst. They're in a bad spot too. Very forgettable. Uh, it was. It was solid. Solid pay per view. All right, Eric, go ahead. Um, you know me, man. Marcus Trembicki. I'm giving that thing a showstopper. <laughs> um, despite my crazy Friday night, crazy day at work on Saturday, late. Um, sick daughter. I actually didn't get to make it through the whole show. That has nothing to do with the crew in Chicago putting on this event. Uh, I loved every moment. Every moment I was able to withstand. I woke up in the morning and I rewatched the whole show and I loved it. Man, the emotions this show uh, bring to me. Um, one of the best tag matches that I've ever seen. I'm going to sound like JR. I'm going to sound like a broken record, but you know, to bite off what Richie just said, probably the moment or the match of the night. There was definitely moments. Um, the whole 
Cody MJF thing I thought was great. The debut of the Tat, wow. Uh, and the main event, I loved it. I've been a Moxley guy day one. And when I say day one, I loved Ambrose from you know the beginning of the Shield. So um, there's a lot good I got to say about this show. We're about to break that down. All right. So for me, I'm going to give it a showstopper as well. Like Richie said, and you said as well, the tag team title match, I thought that's probably one of the best tag team matches I've seen ever. It's definitely my match of night and possibly a match of the year. Orange Cassidy is my favorite, one of my favorite wrestlers now, only because he reminds me of myself, minus the Jeggins. But I did enjoy. You, you wear Jeggins too? No, 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 I don't. Yeah. Well, what well, jean oh. joggers. I do not wear jean joggers. Okay, that's okay, okay. <laughs> I did notice that. I was disappointed when I saw the cuff at the bottom. Yeah, I don't I don't wear jean joggers. That is not they're me. actually joggers. Yeah, I don't I don't do jean joggers, but yeah. I love Orange Cassidy. Not, not yet at least. Stop it. <laughs> like I said, I love Orange Cassidy. I love like the little tap kicks he kept doing on Pac. I thought that was hysterical. Uh the integration with the Lucha Brothers at the end which led to something happening on Dynamite this past Wednesday. I thought MJF versus Cody ended in the right way, and the right guy won. Jericho versus Moxley was fun and great storytelling. And the whole Jake Hager thing, I thought his, I thought that match he had to open the show was better than anything he did in WWE in seven years. I was more yeah. entertained by him in that one match yes. than anything he did. His wife was the best part. She was, and we'll, I'll get to that a little bit later. <laughs> like I said, she like the fact that she was integrated into this match, and she was kind of like calling the shots. I thought it was great, yeah. and even Dustin kissing her, it it, it 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 all worked perfectly. So those are the things that kind of stood out for me. So we're going to talk about the marquee matches for this card and break those down. <laughs> so we're going to start with Cody versus MJF. Now, I thought the match told a great story. I loved how MJF, being the weasel, he'll like kind of begging Cody for forgiveness, giving him the finger, and uh. <laughs> I thought everybody on the outside was great. Brent, the integration of Brandy Rhodes, Arn, and Wardlow at the end. And even though MJ, MJF did win, and like I said, I think it was the right thing to do because you have to kind of move on from this. I did like the fact that Cody actually had the upper hand at the end trying to – he hit numerous crossroads. And then MJF out of nowhere discovered he had the power of the punch. And you guys know I appreciate that from from the old William Regal days with the brass knocks. So out of nowhere, MJF does actually steal one with – the punch to the face with the ring. So what are you guys' thoughts on this entire match with Cody and MJF? Uh, I mean, I, it was a good match. I think uh, I think what happened is in the live crowd, I don't think they knew he pulled the ring out. So if you look at it, everybody like saying, like, what the fuck? Like when MJF just pins him like that because Cody hit the two crossroads, right? And then uh, MJF did something that hit him hit him with the punch, he was wearing the ring, but I don't think the crowd could tell. Mm. So then when they counted the three, everybody's like, what? He, he beat him with a punch? But I don't think anybody knew he was wearing the ring live because people are like, what the fuck? It's funny, Richie said that. If commentary didn't tell me, I wouldn't have known it happened. Right, right. So I it was good. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it was good. I don't know what else to say about it, really. <laughs> uh you know, I wish they would have explained how MJ, like MJF, just got busted open for no reason. You know, pretty much, and the tattoo overshadowed the match <laughs> to the to the point where you didn't even want to see Cody win anymore. Time out, Bessie. I, I got to run with this right now. So, um, I, I love the match. I, I mean, I, I opened the set, the, the the show when you asked the initial thoughts from the uh, event, or you know, my fandom for Moxley. And in my eyes right now, there's not much Cody can do wrong. So before I continue with the match, which I did love, um, what's your guys' thoughts on the tat? On the tat? On the tat? Yeah, you don't even uh, like tattoos. Right? I think that – I think there's no – I have no problem with neck tattoos, but when you have no tattoos and you just get one on the neck, it looks well, he crazy. One. He's got one. Yeah, but that's like – it don't really count. That's like you. You get one on your heart. Somebody said he should have – the dream tattoo on his neck and the tattoo that's on his neck where the dream tattoo is. And the, wow, that that makes actually sense. actually pretty intelligent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's I, – I don't have a problem with the tattoo really. It so, is what it is. But he, he, he should – if he – I don't know if he's surprised or not, but he shouldn't be surprised by the hate, uh, hate that he's getting for it. Not that he cares, but – So out of this cast of the three of us, if I'm correct – I'm the only one of the three of us that has tattoos, and 
I have more than a handful myself. And the initial second I saw it, like most people watching, I didn't believe it was real. Uh, I was so confused. I was like, is this new gimmick? Like, they, he got this painted on. I didn't believe it until he made it out there and, you know, was shirtless. And I'm like, holy crap, this guy really got a neck tat. Um, I, I, I was very iffy on it. And I guess it's just because he's the flagship guy for the company. He is the company. There, there's just so much stake behind it. But I really respect it. I mean, I don't even think he's chiming in on it, but I think some of his friends in the business, definitely his younger friends in the business, have gave their two cents on social media, and I respect the hell out of doing it. I mean, it definitely eliminates to a large portion uh, <clears throat> future Hollywood roles, but damn, does it cement how all in he is going the, on. He just doesn't almost. look like a neck tattoo no. guy. That's why it comes off crazy. Looking. I think like my thing with it is like if you get a neck tat, you gotta be tatted. Like you need more. That's like he what needs I mean. more. That's he I needs see. another neck tat. Like does AEW go on the other side? Does Brandy's name go on the other side? Does Pharaoh go on the <laughs> other side? Is Pharaoh going on the back of his neck and Brandy on the other side? Um, is He's he, a like, one tattoo kind of guy. Like the, yeah. the dream tattoo that should have been it. Yeah. yeah and it's funny because a week or two ago when the AEW figures dropped, I was sitting there and thinking like. Wow, like AEW, there's like either people with no tattoos or they're fully tatted up. There's not much of the in between. All right, best even style in a good while. The, the the daily listeners, the guys that have been listening to you on this show for years, are dying to hear your thoughts on this. I don't like it. It's too big, like Richie said, and it should be on his peck instead of his neck because it's it's enormous. And I know you guys have seen like the. The photoshops of everybody like photoshopping the Triple H logo on Triple H's neck and stuff. It's like I, I don't care. I don't Homage, care for it. Homage doesn't have any tats, right? No. Crazy. Yeah, like and like Richie said, like Cody is not a a tattoo guy. Like, even when he got the dream thing, I mean like, that's fine because it's not really a logo. It's just it's it's letters. But I don't like I don't like it at all. Uh, I mean, for our thorough listeners, longtime listeners. There's been a running joke on the show. I, I refer to Cody as my cousin because he does look like one of my blood relatives. And my cousin Craig, 15, 16 years ago, got his first and his only tattoo. And it's from the back of his right arm. And it's needed a touch-up for years and years and years. And Craig is not a neck tat kind of guy. I mean, it is just it's, – it's crazy, but I, I respect it. And it's a quality tattoo, at least. It look like I, me, me being someone that knows a good tattoo when I see one. Uh, at least, it, he, I mean, the guy's got money, so of course he wants somewhere good. But I'm just happy that it looks good. Yeah, well, we know what your next tattoo is going to be. So, so next, so on Wednesday night on Dynamite, Cody comes out and asks MJF to come out and admit that he cheated at Revolution. And to everybody's surprise, we got the we got the AEW debut of Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, I thought he caught one hell of a promo. I think he looks great. And he even stated in the promo that he was in good sp good spirits, and he says he's out here for his client. And he, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but he told, but he, but at the promo he was saying to Cody, "I was taught to never turn back on people I respect." So he turns his back on Cody and walks away. And I think this was a great way to get away from the whole MJF thing. Cause like I said at the top of the show, I don't think that needs to continue at all. You you could go back to it. Yeah, you can go yeah. back to it anytime. But as of right now, you could just leave it alone because that Cody MJF dynamic that will always be there. You know what? Cody's gonna MJF is gonna challenge Moxley, and Probably. Cody is somehow gonna cost them. You you know what I love, and I know you were paraphrasing, but the other thing I love about Jake's statement is he double disrespected him. He said, "Never turn your back on someone that you." respect or fear and he basically just chunked up double birds so he said i don't fear you i don't respect you and rolled oh and even better he does both of them he spits in his face twice and then he flicks the microphone behind him and cody catches it yeah and then he said he's coming for he's not coming for all of aew he's coming for cody's part of aew and did you hear who the rumor is i it, what is it what they told my brody lee or as you guys know him as luke harper listeners I heard that, but Lance Lance Archer. That that was, that was the other one. 
Yeah. I'm not I'm not that familiar with Lance Archer. I'm not sure how much of a talker he is. Uh, people were speculating Matt Hardy, but Matt Hardy doesn't need somebody to talk for him. Brody Lee, I can yeah. I can buy it, but he can actually talk. And I've been adamant mm. about that for years. But the thing I like about it, I, I like about it is it could be any of the three, and I'm happy with it. Nah, I think the Brody for some reason the Brody Lee one just not. I don't think would would work. I don't know. I just don't. I mean, I wouldn't be mad if it was him, but I just don't see them introducing him that way. If that makes sense, like I, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know. I just don't see that being because obviously this is Cody's next like main event opponent. I just don't see that being him. I think the Lance Archer thing makes sense because yeah. meanwhile Cody's still the U.S. champ in New Japan. He just won the title from Lance Archer, so why come to AEW feud for that title while you know Moxley is still technically the U.S. champion in New Japan? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But those are the three guys we got. I, I don't think I don't think it should be Brody Lee because I know he could talk. Matt Hardy doesn't need anybody speaking for him. I don't know much about Lance Archer, especially verbally. So I'm not. Sh- you guys, can he cut a promo? Is he going the mic or is he just a wrestler? Wait, uh, I, I think I saw a behind the scenes segment from not behind, I don't know what they call post match from when he won the U.S. title. Uh, it, it didn't resonate with me where I got any excited about him. So a mouthpiece for him would be a god's gift. By the way, prep. This will pop prep. When Jake the Snake came out, first thing I thought about was old school Raw. <laughs> prep, prep will pop for that. Uh, All right. So we have, we also had our second ever AEW World Champion. So John Moxley would defeat Chris Jericho. I don't have much to say about this match because we already know that at Jericho's age, he's not going to give us a Kenny Omega type of match. But I thought the match got his point across. I thought the right person won. And the whole integration of the entire inner circle being involved, I thought was excellent because of the whole involvement of the storyline. Of It was Moxley alone against the inner circle. So you guys have any mm-hmm. thoughts on the AEW World title match? Uh, Yeah, I wish that Jericho... I wish... Uh, I mean, I think it was too soon to take it off Jericho. And I also don't know how good of a champion Moxley will be. Not because, like, of the matches he'll have, but just, like, I feel like his cat, like his whole gimmick is just kind of bland with the whole, like, I'll challenge it. It's just the same shit, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he should have, I think he should have got, like, screwed out of winning this match. Because, like... He's the champion, and then what do you do with him after he after he loses? He beats everyone. He beats everyone. Yeah, he's I mean, undefeated. Keep it rocking. I got. It. I mean, that's what you have to do. I think you you have to give him a long, and I think the crowd might turn on him. I got an opinion on that, but I mean that's that's my that's my. Uh, I guess I'll save that for. I don't know if I should jump into dynamite, so I'll save it. Well, go ahead. No, I think the only thing to do for him, it makes sense. Let him keep running. I, I mean, honestly, I'm surprised that I tip my hat to AEW because the beginning of the show when Jericho says, hey, if you're not laid out at the end of the show, I'm going to go away for 30 days. No, I'm going to go away for 60 days. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's a 50-year-old pro wrestler. Of course, he's he should be part-time. This, this company started in September. Oh, that's true. He, he's been here every time it's since. Good. And, and I was like, that is so expected. It makes sense. And it doesn't happen. And the best part about Jericho going away is he's going to come back with, like, probably a tweaked gimmick. It's not going not gonna to be the same exact Jericho. But he's not going away. Uh, I think he is. I don't think so. They laid out Moxley. Moxley came oh, back. Okay, that's but right. then they laid him out. Oh, that's right. So the thing I love about it is, as a diehard wrestling fan, someone that's been watching this stuff forever, it's like, Okay, as you're watching the segment, Jericho should be gone, but no, he's not. He's still going to be here. So whether he's here or he goes away, I look at it as the only person that that is currently signed to the roster that I see dethroning Moxley. I mean, unless you get some creative way, I think it's MJF at some point. If not, I, I think it's Hager. And and you said at the top of the show, Aaron. Beginning of the show, we we didn't really get into reviewing the match, but. Hager, I have been critical on him since the beginning of the show. I've been critical on him since 2011 when I got back into pro wrestling. Uh, he is so boring, but he's believable. Uh, I, I'm still not a fan. 
Yeah, I, I prefer- just don't. You popped him, DC. I don't think. No, I just don't think he's needed. Yeah, like, like he was. You could have done without him. I can't believe our truth wasn't his theme music. Because <laughs> like I prefer this version of Hager because he shouldn't talk at all. And I and that's in WWE they try to make him talk, but I appreciate the fact that they just had him stand there and look like a badass in AEW. And Richie seems to be on on my boat when it comes to the whole Motsy thing, and he doesn't really do it for him. And that's that's another. Oh, thing. now he doesn't do it for you. I thought you were a fan now. No, he's. I I still see Dean, Dean Ambrose for the most part when I see Mox. I don't. I don't even see. I think Dean Ambrose was like better in a way. I don't agree with that, but I, I I just see the same guy, and like Richie, like like you guys just talked about, it's like who's next for Mox? Like we have to assume he's on face That's Jericho. What I mean. Yeah, we have to assume he's on to face Jericho again because he's still being involved with the inner circle. But who's the next guy? MJF definitely MJF should be, but is he at that level where he could actually challenge Moxley now for the world title? Um, MJF, I think they said, they might've said something about how he's got, he's like next in line with the win loss record. Oh yeah. I forgot. I forgot. I always forget. Maybe, maybe something about that they said. And then his promo, he said he was coming after the title. So that backstage promo he did, uh-huh. where his shirt said, I pinned Cody. <laughs> so good. he said he was coming after the title and now Cody's moved on with Jake the snake. So yeah, I think it's. And their pay-per-view ain't for till May. Yeah, double or nothing. So they'll probably have Moxley defend the title on an episode of Dynamite between now and then. I think he'll defend – between then and now, he's defending it a minimum of twice. Yeah, and then we also have that – I think it's March 25th or 26th, the Blood and Guts show that they're having where it's supposed to be yeah. supposedly, supposeded to be war games yeah, that we're, we're getting. Are you? Yeah, we. we, me and him are. I don't know about you. Where is yeah, that? Kevin Owens show. You come to what? Is it? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> wow. Jersey vibe. Uh, I'm good. Prep lives. <laughs> I'm good, but uh, yeah. So Eric, do you You're agree? Going to, you went to Baltimore for payback. Okay, you were there too. But that was like <laughs> yeah, that was five years ago. That was five years ago. Ask me to oh, go to Baltimore. Ask me to go to Baltimore now. <laughs> <laughs> Baltimore. Oh, we we're going. Money in the bank is in Baltimore. I'm good. You know, we're going. We're I'm going. Good. Money in the bank. I'm good. So, the match at night that we all had kind of agreed on the AW Tag Team Titles, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, they retain over the Young Bucks. And last week I mentioned that the sit down interview on Dynamite sold me for the match, but the video package I thought was well executed because they talked about how basically, well, actually we talked about this. When AEW first started, how these guys aren't putting themselves over, and how it was hurting the Young Bucks that they weren't that they weren't the tag team champions. Because remember in that tag team tournament, they were out in the first round, and I believe they lost a private party in the first round. And right. Hangman and and Kenny, they're not really known as a tag team. So that that package it explained it showed very well like their eagerness to actually finally be the tag team champion since they know that they are the best tag team in the world and that's what everybody right. sees them as and I thought this match pulled out all the stops I th- even hey man bring out a bus was, out, bus out a one a one wing angel I was shocked to right. see that there was probably one too many kick out just one too many kick outs I think yeah so they would have hard statement to argue yeah, yeah they yeah. would have shaved it down to one more less kick out I think it would have been yeah, and, and one yeah, one thing that I appreciate about this is is WWE's one of WWE's main problems is is the tag team division WWE is shit and it's not the talent's fault, it's just the booking. And AEW is given that in tag team wrestling. And this like I said, this is the best tag team well, basic tag team match we've seen in a long time. And even on Dynamite, well, post match, it was actually still tension between Hangman Page and the Bucks and that spilled over into Dynamite on Wednesday when Right, he came out to help out the rest of the elite, and he still had beef with Matt Jackson. So, you guys thoughts right. on this tag team match? Uh, thoughts on the tag team match? It was it was insane. It was crazy. There was the I thought the end of the match is when the Bucks did all like they they did like five or six super kicks in a row. Then they did the double super kick, and then they did the. Uh, the double knees to the V triggers to Kenny Omega. Like I thought, 
I thought that was it for sure. And then that was a kick out. I mean, it, it was it was good. I mean, and then the, with uh, Hangman Page uh, almost turning on Kenny Omega at the end after the match was over. I mean, it's good. I don't know where they're going with it, though. I mean, they're they're foreshadowing Adam Page turning so much that once he turns, it's not going to be a surprise. I mean, but then I think they're also teasing the, like the Bucks were definitely playing heel in the match. Like, to the point where during the match, I thought they turned heel, you know, because they were doing so much heel stuff. So that was weird because clearly they didn't. They they were still good guys on Dynamite. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was good. I mean, it should have obviously been the main event. <laughs> Eric? All right. What a beautiful match. <laughs> the, the work inside and out. Um the, the spot afterwards, the false finishes, it, Richie hit it on the head. Uh, I think not. I think your wrestling fan that doesn't like AEW will say there was a million too many pin, uh, false finishes. I think there may have been just one too many, but all in all, it was a great match. It cements Kenny and Hangman as a legitimate tag team. Well, the problem with this now is they got to keep raising the bar. Yeah. You can't, like, three, four pay-per-views down the line and people can't still say, oh, the Revolution one was the best tag match they had. Like, well, that's assuming they stay together. Well, just speaking for Young Bucks tag matches on pay-per-views, they constantly, you had the all-out ladder match. That was crazy. And then this one topped that. But so now they got to keep raising the bar, raising the bar. And it seems like they raised the bar with just more kickouts. Yeah, but right. I mean, at the same time, Kenny and Nick supposedly weren't at Dynamite solely just because of uh, some injuries from this match. Yeah, they weren't there. Okay. So what do you think? Matt, Matt was there. Yeah, yeah Nick, he, Nick he, wasn't. He didn't get the injuries. All right. Yeah, so what do you guys think is next? You guys, Richie just talked about how they got to uh, elevate every time. So, And like he said, the kickouts does add suspense. So that's their definition of elevating something. In so, a way. but what do you so guys think is next? So to take this and run with first, um, you know whether it be the world title, whether it be Cody or MJF, where they're going, where all of us see these storylines going in different directions and kind of have guesses on where they're going, or like who's Jake going to be with, or who's this person coming here. I really don't know who's next in line for the tag titles and. I can only assume we get this again because on Dynamite we get we get the um, the Hangman and the Matt Jackson spot with the middle finger. Oh yeah, we're, so we're definitely getting this again. That ain't over. Oh, it's not over at all. Did you think they should have taken some of the kick out false finishes from the tag match and spread them throughout the Cody match and the Jericho match because those didn't have a lot of kickouts, mm-hmm. right? And if you limit the kickouts and the Jer- false finishes on the tag match. The Jericho match had them. Like, Moxley kicked out of everything in the world. Okay. I, I guess they weren't as dramatic, though. I, I don't recall them being. But if they would have just limited the false finishes in the tag match, then you can increase them, slowly increase them going forward. But, like, let's say there was 10 false finishes. How many are you going to do next time? Because you can't do less. You have to do more. Yeah. So I think if they would have just limited them, then it would have done a lot more good than bad. Yeah, and how about the thing for Kenny? We talked about how Kenny wasn't there for this past week's Dynamite. Kenny's been busting his ass the last three weeks. The last three weeks he's had arguably match of the year or contenders, if you actually sit down and think about it, especially with the Iron Man match, with the 30-minute Iron Man match with Pac. Speaking, yeah. of, speaking of Pac. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, speaking of Pac, so Pac, we talked about it for a little bit. Pac would defeat Orange Cats with the help of the Lucha Brothers. And on Dynamite, the Lucha Brothers would also come, well, Pac and Lucha Brothers would actually join forces, and they will create a new stable called the Death Triangle. Any thoughts on this stable? They should have called them the Lucha Bastards. <laughs> the Lucha Ooh, Bastards. I like that. Uh, it's going to be crazy. I mean, it's going to be crazy if they're one team. Well, I guess. I was going to say, if there's one team to attack to uh, upstage the Kenny and Hangman versus Young Bucks match, it's that one. 
you know. And and one thing about that is, even though the two of the guys are masked wrestlers, they all three of them they look great together. Yeah, they yeah. should be. They should be like right to the main event. I think. Any thoughts, Eric? I can't argue with I think it all. They I, I love it. I love it personally. I saw a lot of backlash on social media. Um, I, I know some accounts that were hating on it, didn't like the idea of the name, didn't like the pairing. I think it's great. I mean, I think they fit well together. It didn't make sense to me during Revolution, the, the Lucha Brothers run-in. And then when it happened the next time, I was like, there's something here, there's something here. And then it all ended, and once Pac had the, the mic in his hand, I was like, okay, yeah. I'm for this. I think- yeah, I think they, they run through best friends and then go right to the main event. Yeah, and also I think wow. that – also we talked about who could face Moxley next. I think Pac would actually work well, even though they had a, that small little feud a few months ago. I think Pac would actually work in the world title scene. Well, Orange Cassidy beat him, right? No. no. Revolution, Pac won? Mm-hmm. Pac won. Okay. But at the same time, like, I don't think – like. This is, I don't know if this is like my complete fandom. If this is a legitimate trio, I think keep them as a trio and do something fans probably won't like or fans will really like. I think you almost get that Freebird New Day rule. Let's get, I want Ray Phoenix and Pac tagging and let's get Pentagon in the main event scene. I want <laughs> Pentagon versus Moxley. Yeah, I have no problems with that at all. And like Richie said, also at the top of the show, uh, there's a few quick quick hits. We talked about Hager defeating Dustin Rhodes. Nyla Rose retains the women's title against Chris Statlander, who Chris Chris Statlander, who I really do like. And uh, Darby Allen got the win over Sammy Guevara, which I thought in a really good match. I thought. Bailey, keep it real. Do you only like her because they talk about her on the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast? No, before before I saw her AW, I thought they were talking about a guy. <laughs> Chris. Because oh, well. they, they never specified. Never mind. I'm not even going to yeah, say. They never spe- Richie, <laughs> stop, stop it. <laughs> stop it. So anything else from Revolution that you guys want to discuss? Uh, I do feel like there's something we're missing. Oh, JR's got to go. Darby <laughs> out. And the, the crowd reaction shot's got to go. Darby out. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. Uh, I mean, you could not have told me at the first and third AEW show, which I was at live for both, you could not have told me I will like him as much as I like him now. I would, you you could have made a $100 bet with me or a $1,000 bet, and I wouldn't have bought it. The guy is a star. The guy is a maniac. The moves he does is amazing. Um... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm speechless. I just hope people feel similar to him as I do. I mean, I think people love him. It's the vibe I get. I, I've never really got Richie's take. What's your... Of Darby Allen? I like him. I think he's going to be champion. Really? Yeah. It, I think for sure. Because, like... Because the belt weighs more than him. <laughs> Because one of my hangups with AEW early, because I was, I was at that third show that they had it too. Now, Darby Allen was in a world title match against Chris Jericho, but my thing with AEW guys were, especially the ones that we didn't know, these guys got to be elevated. And I remember when a- when Darby Allen first came back a few weeks ago against Sammy Guevara, I legit popped for when he came back, and I thought this match was perfect for him and Sammy Guevara. And as much as I don't care for Sammy Guevara as a character, he's a great in-ring talent. Yeah. Uh, Sam, yeah, he, he is, he's, I don't think he's, he's clicking. He, he's not getting over Sammy. I don't think, well, you know what I mean? I don't know. The whole cue cards thing, I think it's funny. But other than that, I don't I, think nothing else is clicking. For yeah. Him. No, I like it, man. It's different. No, I like that. It's just everything else about him. I don't think it's clicking. About Sammy? Yeah. Yeah, I just think like when he comes out, like when his music hits, and nobody, it's just like, like a sigh from the crowd. Like, uh, you know, eh, he's he's not bad, he's all right. But all right, so they just want to be Christian so bad. <laughs> he can he can never, he can never be Christian. So something. Ha- so let's talk about what's coming 
to our city this Sunday from Stanford. What's that? From Stanford, Connecticut. Is cheesesteak parade? From Stanford. Is that a thing? Because I would rather go to that than this. Because, like, I asked, like, me and Eric, I've been asking, do you want to go? And then I made the joke to Richie, we pulling up the chamber. And then I took my notes for this. And I was like, why the hell would I want to go to this? Because this this makes no sense to me. So, basically, there's not built, there's there's not any build to anything, basically. Uh, There's a one-week turnaround from Super Showdown, from from Saudi Arabia. Uh, We talked about last, also, the original advertised match for Chamber in Philly was supposed to be a number one contenders match. To face the Universal Champion with Roman, Brian, Corbin, Braun, Bobby Roode, you know and how that went. Yeah, that. You they, know how that goes now. They threw that in the. They, <laughs> they threw that in the tub. All, all you gotta do is just come out and say I'm next. Yeah, be yeah. number one contender. Yeah, they threw that whole thing in the tub. So we all we all know we talked about last week as well that Goldberg won the Universal Title. Card and, subject to change. <laughs> yes, one of my Vince favorite promos when he said that. So Goldberg wins the Universal Title from the Fiend in Saudi Arabia as we discussed last week. And he got a he got a, a heel reaction from the crowd. The crowd was dude, booing him. I can't, dude. I can't wrap my head around the Goldberg. I can't fathom why they thought. First off, he don't add nothing. That he, no. Like, he well, everything bad we say about Brock. Nobody cares about him. Nobody likes him. He don't make you want to watch it. He's not a draw anymore. Goldberg is time that times a hundred. Like. I don't think anybody cares about him. Look, nobody's buying a WrestleMania ticket to see him. He adds absolutely nothing. Like, I just don't get it. Yeah, it's I Eric- don't understand why three, two times now, right before WrestleMania, you bring him in and he pins your champion. Well, we pinned Kevin Owens in what, like a minute? Yep. And then he pinned the Fiend in two minutes, three minutes. Yep. I don't understand the logic in it. What one bit? Yeah, I it, just don't get it. It's not. It's not. I could see if it was like, oh, they're gonna make more money. They're not. We all know at this point, nothing can make them more money. Like nobody matters enough. You know, like nobody can pop the rating. Like no, nothing matters. There's not one person you could bring in that will make you more money or get you a better rating or make people sign up for the network. Like it's pretty clear at this point. Yeah, and to Eric's so credit, and to Eric's credit, he said about last. He said this last week that the only way this actually kind of work is if Goldberg plays a heel role, and he actually got booed on SmackDown. Right. So that so that actually leads some intrigue into it. And another Goldberg thing, is literally one of the worst heels of all time, though. And he's already said so many times he hates playing a heel. Like I, it's just I don't care what he did, heel, baby face, it don't matter. But the fact of the matter is, your main event for WrestleMania is Goldberg and Roman Reigns. But see, this is the best part though about him being a heel. He's only going to probably be around for two weeks out of this whole build. I WrestleMania guess. is a month away. His he'll only be here for maybe two weeks on TV. Like I, that. I I just I don't get it. I you know what else I don't get like. I don't get how he left in 2004 considered a bust. Like, his first WWE run was considered terrible, right? In retrospect, like, it, was, it joke. was. 13 years. In retrospect, it was better than what he's doing now, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, but the thing is, like. Yeah, he I, can still perform. He can still do a jackhammer. Yeah. yeah. Richie, you, so you, 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 you listen to uh, something to wrestle with, right? Not anymore, but well, I have. have you heard the Goldberg episode? Uh, is it new? It's no, older. I don't think it's older. Maybe. What, what about it? So basically, they went down the whole Goldberg run in 2003 and 2004, and basically everything that went wrong, and okay. like him from and him running from the wrong direction. And I, th- I think he was supposed to chase the rock, and he in the rock ro- drove from the car, and he ran the wrong way, or something like that. And yeah. They yeah well it's just they didn't want him to succeed then. That's all it comes down to. You know what I mean? Like they, it's the, the it's all revisionist history. Like oh we did this because he couldn't do that. It's the whole of uh, Hogan Sting. Hogan didn't want to beat Sting or Hogan didn't want to get beat clean by Sting at Starcade because Sting showed up to the building and looked out of shape. Like you know 
you know, about that. Like, it's just they pick these one little things to say, oh, he was a failure because of this. But now it looks like he can't do no wrong. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if they want you to succeed, you'll succeed and they'll overlook everything bad. If they're giving you a push, but they don't really want to give you a push, they'll find the smallest thing to say, oh, this is why he didn't succeed. You're already set up. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Is that? Yeah, that's the right term for that. And then there's there's something else that's interesting about how WWE, like, everything seems to be business and politics with them. So there must be something that they know that we don't know on why they do certain things. Like the whole Brock thing. <laughs> Brock, Brock must draw a certain amount of money from him. Like, he doesn't, though. Yeah, now, see, but th- this is the thing. Like, we don't know th- what they know. Like, there's something mm. there. For them to keep matters, doing it, dude. Whether it's merch, so. whether it's merch. No, I, I'm, I'm well, with you. I, I'm on the boat with you on that. It's just there's got to be something that they know. In comparison to what you just said two minutes ago, Richie, the difference is Brock gets a. As much as people hate him, as much as people boo, people boo him when he's got the strap and you don't see him for a while, and he comes back and he doesn't talk and he's not having a match and Heyman talks. People boo him then. When he randomly shows up, people lose their shit. Goldberg comes out, people don't lose their shit. Look, we were we were all at Extreme Rules this past summer, right? Yep. When he came out, people lost their shit. Brock? Yeah. Yeah, because he's the only guy on the show that they allowed to uh, to be a star. You're not having like, Goldberg pop out of the middle of the, uh, a show and people lose their shit? They would, they would just because it's Goldberg, but it's not a good type of lose your shit. It's not like I'm gonna come the next time they come to the hey, town. Coming, so I don't. It just doesn't. I don't. Know, I, don't I don't understand. What, what else you got from your New York territory you want to discuss? Yeah, and also on this card, as of now, SmackDown hasn't happened yet. Oh, but- that's not even to mention. Hold on, that, that's not even to mention how like. You got people working the whole year on this on SmackDown and like the Fiend. They ruined the Fiend. Oh yeah. So you you got so much collateral damage just to have Goldberg versus Roman for no fucking reason. Nobody cares about that. It's not going to do anything. Like the match is going to be the shits. It's just it's just weird. It don't matter. And then and then they think oh we'll have Roman beat Goldberg. Because then they'll cheer Roman because yep. they're booing Goldberg, but it, they're still gonna boo Roman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's th- it's Thursday. SmackDown hasn't happened yet, but as of now, Roman Reigns, Drew Galloway, The Fiend, Brock Lesnar—they don't have matches on this card at all. And speaking right. of, speaking of Galloway, I want to talk about his his feud so far with Brock Lesnar because I really enjoyed it. I think this is actually one of the better things WWE actually has done. With the whole sit-down interview they had with, with Galloway going back to his uh, first stint with the company with 3MB and being the chosen one. I, I don't like the whole Claymore thing with the whole countdown, whatever you want to call it that. But I, I think this has actually been really good so far with just when it comes to just those two. And I do think Galloway's the one that's going to beat Brock at WrestleMania. Yeah, and then you know what next year at WrestleMania is going to be? Brock again is the champion versus another guy, probably Roman. Yep. Some some way somehow or Seth or something stupid. So it's like nothing matters. I don't know. I can't I can't get behind it whatsoever because they do the same shit. They they do something for WrestleMania, and then as soon as WrestleMania is over, it goes back to the same old shit, same old shit. It's same just, old shit. Oh my god! And Cena versus the Fiend, like. Screw New York. I got nothing to say about them. <laughs> I, they set they set up their two WrestleMania main events by literally Goldberg comes out and says, who's next? Roman comes out and says, I'm next. That's it. That's all. Apparently, that's all it takes. to. Be, you don't got to win the Rumble. You don't got to do <laughs> You don't got to win a chamber. You don't have to do anything. You just got to come out and say, I'm next. And then literally they go to a commercial like, oh, it's now official. Like, it's just it's a joke. They got too much going on. But if Brock was the champion, they'd have to go through a hell of fire and yeah, it's just <laughs> And then Cena coming out saying, I'm not going to take a spot away from anybody. I don't deserve to be on WrestleMania, blah, blah, blah. And then all it takes is the Fiend to come out, point at the sign, and then Cena backtrack on everything he just said. 
And the Fiend, first off, is not the type of character to point at the WrestleMania side. <laughs> they should have had that was a joke too. They should have Blue's Clues bull pull up. Like, how do you have him? Like the lights go out. Like the that that's cool. Like when the lights slowly go out and stuff, and the sound effect it makes. And then he's standing there, and he just points to the sign. Like, he should have been dangling from the sign. Yeah, he should have. He should have. Yeah, that would have been cool. But I hate when I make a good point. Yeah, I don't know. It's a joke. I mean, it is. It, it really is. It is a joke, and I, I'm starting to commend Ron they, with his low management. Here's the best part. You know, they somehow twisted it to Bray Wyatt. Like, oh, don't worry. Oh, you're gonna lose the Goldberg and Goldberg in 20 seconds, and we're gonna bury you. But don't worry, we're gonna have you. You're gonna wrestle Cena at WrestleMania, so they somehow twist it to it being a positive. Yeah, you and, know that's how you know that's how it went down. Yeah, and he, and yeah. He, after he got WrestleMania, Cena's gone and Goldberg's gone, and then he's just scorched earth, and it don't matter. Yeah, and I, I kind of I have to commend Pash for this because I'm starting to notice his pattern. He saw the rundown, yeah. Ronald J. Pashry Jr. Ronald Pashry Jr. So I'm starting to commend him. Because he actually probably looked at the schedule and saw new WWE pay-per-view. I'm not watching this. I'll come back when we watch the old stuff. So I kind of commend him for that. So he's coming back to watch WrestleMania 18. So, I pre- so I'm on to him on that. And for another match that doesn't have to ha- that shouldn't have to happen. It should just this should just be the match. This, this, this they should just blow right past this. The the Raw Women's Championship No More Contenders Elimination Chamber. So in the February 12th episode of Raw, Shayna Baszler made her Raw debut. She attacked, well, not her, well, she made her, yeah, we'll say her Raw debut. And bit Becky Lynch in the neck. Lynch returns They in the ambulance later that night. On the February 3rd Raw, Ruby Riot returned and turned on Liv Morgan. This Now, on this past Monday on Raw, Baszler would beat Kyrie Sane. Liv would beat Ruby Riot with a fast count from, from Sarah Logan. So the stage is set. It's, it's Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan. Liv Morgan, Shayna Baszler, Natty, and Asuka to turn number one contender for the Raw Women's title at WrestleMania. Wow, I wonder who's going to win. You think? It can't be Shayna. Yeah. It's, it's, Dude, it's, they've ruined her already. Sarah Logan! They, they ruined Shayna Baszler already. You know what? I didn't want to talk about New York. Why did they ruin Shayna Baszler? Uh, she, like, in that match she had on Monday, she was just like, it's just... Why? Is it because it was not It wasn't NXT. Like, it's just, she's just not the same. They've also ruined Becky, by the way. Time oh, out, yeah. Time out. No, that, that, that was my next thing, point. I don't want to talk about New York at all, but I listened to Busted Open. I think it was today's episode. It might have been yesterday's. But Bully and LaGreca both complained about Kyrie saying putting up a challenge against Shayna Baszler and how it should have been one-sided. My whole nitpick with that is Kyrie Sane's the only person really to beat Shayna. That's true. She beat okay. her for the NXT strap. Yeah, but she should get she's a presented one way overall. And, she, and she's a champion. Right. She's half of the women's tag champions. Like, the, the fact that she had a good match, like, people should, should be happy. Like, people are always, you know... I don't complaining know. It's, about it's, the women's division not getting their shine, and then it's just the same good good shit. Like, remember when there used to actually be storylines? No. Like, you <laughs> know don't. what I mean? Like, I all don't. it comes down to now is a challenge. You know what I mean? Like, I challenge you. Like, it's just there's no storylines. There's no there's no heat. Like, nobody cares who wins any match. Well, you got heat in your trunk. <laughs> well, well, well. This is this is one thing. Like you just talk about people just. Uh, At least somebody got some heat. <laughs> yeah, I got I got these GRs in my closet. But anyway, you just talked about how you some, ain't got pairs in your closet. But I got on foot. That's connection. Oh, right is there. it? Is you it? Get that not, not, uh, I Joseph's. Joseph's. <laughs> but Richie just talked what about. I got in my foot. Cole Hans. <laughs> but yeah, but Richie just talked about how people just kind of like saying who's next, I'm next. This is this this is one match that I feel that should have been I'm next because of the whole Shayna. Yeah, because Shayna Baszler's history with the whole NXT invasion around Survivor Series time, and Shayna Baszler was the one standing tall. So I'd have been fine with Shayna Baszler just saying, "Hey, Becky, 
I'm going to face you at WrestleMania because that story's already there. And you talked about Becky being ruined. At this point, we're just intrigued by Becky Lynch's opponent. I think Becky Lynch has been... I think I think her... Uh, I, th- I think her shine has faded, basically, and it's only about her opponent at this point. Any thoughts on that? Uh, they're, it's funny, you know that they know that she's ruined, too, when they start doing... They did the... Uh, before uh, the Green Mist, that's what. They're just... They're reaching too much with her rivals. Yeah, because she'll be champion for a year when WrestleMania you know, starts. Let me put it to you this way. The only reason they had Shayna do that biting thing is because they're struggling to uh, get people to like Becky the way they used to. You know what I mean? So they're thinking, oh, if we raise the bar, you know what I mean? Like, that's why they had Asuka spitting the green mist in her face and the, the medics came to the ring. Like, they're just, they're lost with her. They don't know what to do. Yeah, she's been champion they, for a they, year. They clearly, yeah. It's also got a lot to do. It, it's a lot of things. It's like how many things can you do with a person? They got too many episodes of TV. They're too overexposed. There's not enough creativity going on. Like there's, it's just a lot. Of, there's a lot of factors that come into play, and you know, she she really only worked as the underdog. Yeah. It's I, yeah. just one of the things like they 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 do these uh, the, so that all oh, you know they love the underdog storylines right every every fucking storyline now is an underdog storyline. Well, when you do these underdog storylines and then you have the people win in the end, they're not the underdog anymore, and it's they're people no longer you train the crowd to like them because of the underdog, and then they're no longer the underdog now. So you can't blame the crowd for not liking them anymore. Yeah, and one thing. That like, I'm not a fan of real long title reigns at all because the book like booking that is not is not easy at all. The, if if they like, I I don't I'm not I don't care about playing hot potato with a, with a belt. I don't. Some people do, but I think you can get people to care more about Becky if you actually swap the title a couple times during this entire last year. But now, right, right. But, but now it's just like okay, you're going to face this person, you're going to face it, and you're going you're going to run through them all. Right. Yeah, she's – and then Charlotte, the whole NXT thing. I mean, that that's that's kind of cool, I guess, you know, but I don't know. I don't think you should mix – they should really keep NXT as far away as possible <laughs> from all of the – they really should, but NXT isn't setting the world on fire right now well, either, really. Well, I'm interested to see how, how that match goes in the rest of the build because we got a few weeks left with that. And right. uh, something else, like rest of, like I said, the rest of this card is ridiculous and th- no turnaround time. <laughs> nothing, it means nothing. So the Raw Tag Team titles, the Street Profits. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. You're the one that wanted to go. I'm joking. <laughs> I'll go for free. But anyway, the Street Profits lost to the Rollins and Murphy at Super Showdown. And then oh, at, they're a joke too. And then on Rollins and Murphy. And then on Raw Monday night in a now or never rematch, they defeat Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy with a little help from Kevin Owens. And there's a rematch this Sunday at the Illumination Chamber. Who are you guys going with? Um, in a so let me get this straight. Rollins and Murphy are going against the Street Profits again. Yes, at the Chamber. Why do I have a funny feeling that Rollins and Murphy are going to win? But what's Seth Rollins? Uh, oh, I guess his his mania it's Kevin Owens. program is Kevin Owens, obviously. Um, I don't know, because you would think that that would be the show. That would be the match Kevin Owens would have cost them the match, but he did that already mm-hmm. on Raw, right? So yep. what do you do? I don't know what you do. Yep. I don't think they know. They don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> of course not. Yeah, so I, I have no idea. Eric? I don't know. He's a, there he is. What do you think about Rollins and Murphy? Versus... Screw Rollins, screw Murphy. Street Poppers lose the title to the Authors of Pain. Screw all six of them. They all suck. Oh, the, maybe the Authors. Well, then, that's still don't do nothing for the Kevin Owens. I don't know Street the... Profits and Authors of Pain at Mania. Rollins is a J Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Owens rules. Look at Baylor's shirt. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go with the Street Profits as well. Another hot mess. 
Like this is just all a complete this bullshit with WWE. This is th this makes no sense. So Miz and Morris had won the tag team titles in, so in at Super Showdown. They defended inside the chamber against Heavy Machinery, New Day, Usos, Ziggler and Root, and Lucha House Party. The only thing I'm looking forward to is Otis finally facing off with Dolph Ziggler. What are you guys going with? Uh, it's Otis versus Ziggler. No, that's the only thing I'm looking forward to because of the whole Mandy Rose storyline. Right, I'm saying time. I didn't even know about that they were wrestling each other. Oh, no. Well, oh. The Heavy Machinery is in the chamber and Ziggler and Rudolph are also in the chamber. Oh, oh, oh. Um, I don't even know. Are you saying what do I think will happen? Yeah, who's going to win? Miz Morrison, I don't know. Party, Heavy Machinery. Miz and Mar Why are Miz and Morrison even in the in the match. It's for the tag titles. It's for their straps. Okay, I'll, I thought it was a number one contender match. No. Uh, Six teams. Lucha House Party wins, obviously. Give the titles to the Dude, I, don't, I couldn't. I bet you there's not one person in this world that cares who wins that match. No. If Lucha House Party not wins, one. I care. I'm telling you, that that match couldn't have anybody less interested. Yeah, so I'll go with Miz and Morrison. Eric, you got a pick? I'll tell you what, though. It'll probably be a good match. Oh, yeah, it will be Lucha good. Nobody, nobody cares, but it'll be a good match. Lucha, Lucha, Lucha. Are the Usos in the match? Yes. They're going to, I think they'll win. All right. All right. <laughs> Actually, tell me, while we're on this topic, can I, I'm going to go left with this. I really don't have anything else to say about this card. Sorry to be the negative. I don't think anyone can argue with the easy two statements here, but my question is I can't think of the third. All right, we talked heavily about AEW's tag division. If we talk about WWE and you want to say the three best tag teams in the company, I easily want to think you're going to say New Day and Usos. If it's a no-brainer, who's the third best tag team in WWE? That should come to anyone's mind. Revive. Revive. That's what you're saying as well? Yeah. I, I don't know why. They completely slipped my mind. I think that makes sense. That's they're a no-brainer. They're not on SmackDown, though. No, they are on SmackDown. They're not, even, they're not in this match. Oh, yeah. Because uh, they're going to Jacksonville. Yeah, Crazy. something's up with them. It ain't Jacksonville. That's wild. Okay, yeah. That may, yeah, so as of this moment... The AEW Revolution review, the Chamber preview, Revive was the third best tag team in WWE, top three for sure. I All mean, right, if you had to put a dark one. horse, top four, is there is there a fourth team? You put in that combo or no? That's reaching. That's too much. Um, WWE can't have four good tag teams at once. Ryder and Hawkins. <laughs> wow, I'd expect that from Proud. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, be, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if you did said it either. You got some nerve. You're the one that likes Ryder. I don't have none of their merch. I like his girlfriend. I like his exes. <laughs> I like I like his exes too. You you know I support H O H. Got a lot a lot of Brian Myers merch. But, well, let's just say Zach Ryder has has some elite in his life. AJ Styles is going to face Alistair Black in a no DQ match. At Super Showdown, once again, at Super Showdown. Sounds, uh, no, that card don't matter. In a match. You got a fourth team? In a, a fourth team? Uh, may, as a unit, maybe Rudin and Ziggler? Oh, wow. Top four? As a unit? I think they, they work real well together. <sighs> yeah, also. Any listener questions? No. AJ Styles, Alistair Black. Pick one. No DQ match. Obviously, we know what's going to happen here. Something with The Undertaker. Yeah. So, uh, Alistair Black's going to win. Alistair yeah. Black should win. Right, lights up. will go out. AJ will probably be about to win the match. The lights will go out. He'll be staring at the Titantron. Alistair Black. He'll He'll be, around. He'll Nothing be will happen. We'll turn around, get here with the black mask. That's it. I just, I literally, I bet you that's what happens. He'll be Probably. ready to win because it's cheating. Yeah, the gong. His cousin's there. The gong will go off. Thro Final match, three-on-one handicap match for the Intercontinental title. Braun defends against Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Cesaro. Uh, Man, I had some. They have, dude. I guess Braun's gonna win, but 
He shouldn't. Cesaro should win. They ruined him. Isn't Time that crazy? Out. They ru- you know what? This is for everyone in the no, no. Yeah. everyone in this match is ruined. ruined. Yeah. Who's not? <laughs> they ruined Sami Sami Zayn doesn't wrestle. Shinsuke Nakamura is putting English tweets out about how he's depressed. Cesaro <laughs> is the best wrestler in the world and he's never had a singles title in WWE since 2011. All four Braun has a worse hairline than Richie and I put together. <laughs> This is this is a freaking joke. I'll tell you what. The only positive outlook that can happen is on Sunday, Cesaro gets the pin. Cesaro's the Intercontinental Champion, loses the title on Friday. He has a five day to- five day reign as an Intercontinental Champion, just to say it happened. Uh, I think Sami Zayn's Broad, gonna win. Broad's gonna win. I think Sami Zayn. I think Sami Zayn's gonna win the Intercontinental title. This as is, long as Nakamura doesn't win, it's okay. And, and and you guys said everybody is ruined in that match. The belt's ruined too, because that belt's still hideous to me. Yeah, there's a lot that's ruined, but yeah, everything involved with the match is ruined. Yeah, right. I I have nothing else to say about Elimination Chamber. Uh, I might I might it? even I might even change the schedule and not even review it next week. <laughs> but uh, will you watch it? I will watch it. Cause I'm pulling up for me. I don't know. We'll see. You you're gonna have. I'm telling you right now, you're gonna have FOMO. When that pre-show is on. You're gonna say, "Damn, why am I? Why am I not there?" You're gonna have FOMO. I won't. Trust me. That's the thing. As I put, I played that scenario in my head. I'm like, "Come Sunday at seven o'clock, am I gonna be mad I didn't go?" I'm like, "There's no way." No, there's not. No, and no. I just, I just don't see a scenario in which I say, "Oh, I really should have went." Yeah, because like I said, when I typed my notes out, I was like. There's no way I'm a, I'm a regret not going. There's no there's no chance in hell. No pun intended. Yeah. No pun intended. So, anything else for you guys this week about from the world of wrestling? Richie, we're we're rarely blessed with uh, um, your presence. You got anything for us? No, I really don't. All right. I'm trying to think. Yeah, that'd be. No, I said all I needed to say. All right. Pretty much. All right, so well, hold on before before we cut it off. What for our fellow co-hosts and mainly specifically the junior one? If there was one thing in the past month to watch wrestling wise to get someone rehooked into wrestling, where would you direct them? The Revolution pay per view, yeah. a specific episode of NWA Power, uh, Monday Night Raw's third hour, the bump. What would it be? It's a bump. Uh, what? I would say, yeah, obviously between NXT and AEW. Just pick, take. I mean, I, I would probably say watch a takeover. Most like recent watch, takeover, yeah, watch Revolution. Yeah, yeah. Watch the exactly. Watch the last takeover and watch Revolution. And if that doesn't get you liking wrestling. And I are like hooked back into it. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know what would. And for Ron, well, for Junior specifically, I'll say the Cody MJF match, and the the. Oh, the is te- that who we're talking about here? I said the Junior. Yeah. Right. But, I, I, I but no, but these are actual suggestions to him. Yeah. Well, Eric's, uh, Eric posed the question of what yeah. would get him and what I, what he would like. And I, and I think he'll like the Cody MJF thing. He wouldn't. And, and I think he'll yeah. love the tag title match because of the story. I don't think he would. I, I, nah, I was going to say, I think, I think he, would, he, he wouldn't like it. But I'm curious to see if he would or wouldn't. All right. Anything else for you guys? Oh, um, no. No, but I'm going to take the sign out. What? I'm going to do the sign out for you. Oh, are you? Well, I'm not done yet. I was going to say, well. What else we, you got? I was yeah, like, we miss you, Donovan. <laughs> it's only two weeks. Shout out to Mr. Delaware himself. Yeah, it's only two weeks until we get to the good stuff. Uh, next week at the Donovan, cha- I unblocked you. <laughs> so you can follow me back. <laughs> next, I'm, put, I'm putting an asterisk next to next week's episode. Card, sub, card subject to change. So next week's is supposed to be the chamber review, but like I said, card subject to change. The week after that is Pash's allegedly alleged return. That's WrestleMania 18. The week after that, the, we're reviewing the final Nitro, and then after the week after that, that takes us to the Mania, the WrestleMania preview. Wait a minute. While he's still here on the show, when's Richie next book? You have him booked. 
He can come anytime. You just got to say something. No, but you have an episode. Oh, I do. Tour. I do. Uh, ECW? Yes, April 23rd, ECW Barely Legal, 97. Okay. Two years in the making. All right, so handle, handle your business, bestie. Well, on behalf of the best friends, or on behalf of the Mad Madness podcast, I am X2 Fly. This is my guy, Richie Smiley. That's my best friend, Aaron Lloyd. Thank you for listening. Subscribe. Give five of them stars. And, you know, leave some feedback on our social medias. Let's go. We will see you here next week. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all awesome.